Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Bill Bubba, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here uh, with a nice little discussion today, Dylan, about uh, the first-year head coaches in the NFL. Always an intriguing topic because, uh, as we know, uh, for some coaches, they step into situations that, well, quite frankly, when there's a coaching change, there's a reason, and uh, a lot of the times it's because the team isn't very good, and uh, we will see that uh, a lot of these uh, new coaches have that in common. Uh, in that particular instance, one uh, is going to step into possibly the worst job in the NFL right now. Uh, but uh, it's going to be when you look at this list and go through these seven guys, I mean, really, for the most part, probably outside of a couple, um, it's it's probably going to be a pretty challenging start uh, to their head coaching tenures with these particular teams. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, the nature of this, right? If, if, the, if the team's performing well, they're not going to be looking for a new head coach. So usually you have either some of the worst teams in the NFL or in some rare cases where a guy takes a better job, uh, you could have that come up. I think, yeah, like you said, though, I mean, that's the nature of it. And there's probably – there's always teams. We Every year we talk about teams that there's at least, like, one team, I think, almost every year that goes from worst to first in their division. There's always teams that make surprise jumps and – uh, some some of these guys definitely better uh, set up to succeed sooner than others. So I mean, we're looking at you know expectations for this year, but also being realistic about you know expectations that are not going to be one season for most of these guys. Uh, it's obviously about building a program. There's a reason all these teams again are looking for a new head coach. So uh, they're uh, you know obviously they all want to win right away. But uh, some of my, when I go to the expectations, will be a mix probably of 2021 and a little bit of just like you know what they want as a building block for the future. Yep, for sure. And um, I think that it's, let's just start with the Texans. I mean, this is one we know. We, we've talked about the expectations for the Texans. I think right now, if we had to power rank every team in the <laughs> NFL, Texans would probably be at the bottom of my board. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be the case for a lot of people if you had yep. to power rank every team in the NFL. Um, and David Culley is going to be the guy who has to uh, take over this job. And, I mean, you know, as as other people have pointed out, um, you talk about a guy who finally gets a head coaching job in the NFL, and I think he's in his 60s, um, and mm-hmm. he takes over again. What's probably going to be not just a team that could be the worst in the league this season, but I mean, unless they make significant changes, like this is a this is a franchise that's going to take a couple years to revamp. I think, and mm-hmm. it's just it's a mess. You don't know what's going to happen with the Sean Watson situation. Um, and there's just a lot of unknowns with the Texans. And it's crazy to think that this team was not that far away from really mm-hmm. being, you know, a couple wins away from maybe getting to a Super Bowl. And here they are now, again, probably the worst team in the NFL. New coach takes over. First time he's had, you know, he's been in this position in the NFL. And it's just, I mean, there's no way to put it. It's, it's just going to be a mess. And anything better than a mess, uh, consider it uh, exceeded expectations. Yeah, as much as, obviously, for David Coley, it's very exciting to get an NFL head coaching job no matter what you can get. But this is one that 
Uh, maybe a name we would have expected differently would have landed here if the situation was in better shape. Obviously, when Coley took the job, the whole Deshaun Watson uh, off-field situation was not where it is right now. So it definitely was a different world. But even at that point, people were looking at this as a dysfunctional place to be and not one that uh, was really attractive to any of the, the coaching candidates that we were thinking of. Uh, you wouldn't look at that. And be, a lot of guys would probably be like, I'll keep my coordinator job uh, for the, in the meantime. So for, for Coley, man, uh, it's, it's all just kind of treading water, like trying not to fall further down. I mean, even with Deshaun last year, they were a bad team. And uh, I would argue that, you know, obviously without him, they're going to be much worse. But if, say, he even does play, say, oh, he ends up playing these games, I think the roster around him is even worse than last year. I don't think there's much uh, hope other than their division, as we've talked about, maybe not a little less up for grabs than the Titans are doing. But just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a weird, weird situation. I Expectations for that. It's, I don't know how you can even say, I mean, like, just don't let the whole – you know, organization burned down. Like that's, that's don't like go what, 0 and 17. Like that's yeah, probably the best you can ask for. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, you know, uh, it's all, it's all just about, you know, create, if anything, just getting them out of where they are right now, where I, the fan base has to be, you know, just couldn't be more upset probably with where the state of everything, you know, with the Deshaun Watson stuff without it, the whole organization, it's just, Man, it's like, just get them to be a, a respectable kind of place. And obviously, they didn't have the draft capital to really build up on that way. It's, it is brutal. To, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think for him, unfortunately, a lot of these guys that we're going to get to on this list, you look at them as potential if, the, if they're, you know, building that culture and building a, a program and trying to get th- something moving forward. I don't think by the time we see the Texans back to winning a lot of football games that he's going to be the head coach. I think he's, it's kind of a guy that's just going to be there for now to try to, uh, I don't know, you know, just kind of take the brunt of what's going to be a pretty, pretty brutal uh, 2021 season. Unfortunately, like you said, I would be right there with you. I, the Texans for me are probably at the bottom of my power ranking. Uh, always there'll be one team that kind of ends up being worse than you expect. Maybe the Diamondbacks this year have lost, like, I think, almost 20 games in Major League Baseball in a row at this point, over 20 on the road in a row. Did not expect them to be that bad. There's going to be some NFL team that's that version that's like, oh, you maybe thought they're going to be 7-10 and 10 and they're going to be 1-16. and 16. Uh, But I think the Texans are right there. As, uh, you know, it's just bleak, man. <laughs> you know I love doing this, so we're going to use this as a segue, but we're going to quickly run through the Texans schedule here. And there's oh a couple teams <laughs> on here that we're probably going to say that's a maybe, but it's going to lead into what we have to discuss with other first-year coaches. Um, they start the season off against the Jags at home. Is that that's a maybe, probably like that? Like that's a that's a maybe. All right. Now let's go from there. Week two at the Browns, loss. Week three, Panthers at home, maybe. Um, week four at the Bills, loss. Week five, home against the Patriots, loss. Week six at the Colts, loss. Week seven at the Cardinals, loss. Week eight against the Rams, loss. Week nine at the Dolphins, loss. <laughs> I mean, do you disagree with any of this thus far? No. I, okay. If anything, I disagree with the ones that you're saying are maybe wins. <laughs> I'm like, I, I believe more in the overall talent, even if yeah. the quarterback situation in some of those places isn't. Jags and uh, Panthers. For, yeah. yeah, Panthers at least in that case. The other one, I, maybe week one. That's the one I'm right. like, yeah, it's week one. Maybe they can get him in. Obviously, this all really depends on if Deshaun's in the field. I, it's like yeah. without him, like, I, 
geez. I think even with him, they're they're not winning these yeah. games. I, I even as good as he is, I just think that it's such a mess around them. I don't see it. Um, mm-hmm. Week ten, they're not going to lose because they have a bye. Uh, <laughs> week eleven, Titan at the Titans, loss. Week week twelve, home against the Jets, maybe. Um, <laughs> week thirteen, home against the Colts, loss. Week fourteen, home against the Seahawks, loss. Week fifteen, at the Jags, loss. Week 16, home against the Chargers, loss. Week 17, at the Niners, loss. Week 18, yeah. home against their whatever, whatever week we're in. I, I probably skipped yeah, one somewhere. Yeah, um, week, week 18, home against the Titans, loss. So, to me, the only teams in there that I'm considering as of right now for the Texans to beat are going to be a couple of teams that have first-year head coaches, and that's going to be Jacksonville, who Urban Meyer mm-hmm. takes over, but he had the luxury of having the number one pick in the draft. Um, and he had some quality, you know, picks elsewhere. He, he, the Jacks have some talent. We know that. Um, they have work to do, but they they have a nice n- young nucleus, I think, to build around. Um, then there's the Jets, uh, which Robert Sala takes over there. I think, you know, I was pretty low on the Jets last year, but I, I do think I'm willing to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here um, when it comes to maybe improving a bit. But they're also going to have the challenge of playing in a division that has the Bills, the revamped Patriots, uh, the Dolphins. Like that's a that's a tough division now. All of a sudden, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that that makes the Jets, you know, easily the worst team in that division. But I I still think they're better than the Texans, maybe. So um, I think those are the only two teams, as I say, I see on the Texans schedule right now. But they do have the common denominator in that uh, the Jags and the the Jets are both going to be operating with first year coaches too. Yeah, I, I the fact that you said three maybes out of seventeen games is just hilarious. I mean that that shows you. <laughs> what if what, what if they win the is. first against the Jags and then they go you know lose all sixteen after that? I think that's a possibility. If they if they somehow miss out on the number one pick, oh man, it's gonna be oh, brutal. Man. It's gonna be like Jets fans all over again from last year. But yeah, in terms of those two teams, I mean, as we get into those ones, uh, obviously have a lot higher expectations for the long term both the Jaguars and Jets and I do the Texans at this point, it's going to take a while for them to build out. But I guess starting with the Jets, uh, you, when we've talked about it, especially during the draft, maybe I, and even when they hired Sala, maybe I was a little higher on this and how the, you know, the franchise has kind of been operating since Joe Douglas has got there. Just feel like it's, even though obviously last year was a disaster and they probably expected to be a bit better than that. I think their biggest win total was like six and a half or seven, even seven and a half maybe last year because their schedule was so easy and they still were so awful. But I, I do believe they have some building blocks, uh, a decent free agency. Uh, honestly, between the two teams, the Jets and the Jags, I mean, I, I feel like outside of the, the quarterback picks at one and two, I probably like the Jets to draft a bit more and thought they were also did a better job in free agency. I thought the Jags I had, I really thought they'd be a little more active with all the cap space. They still have a lot of cap space right now. That, that would have been a fun place to get Julio. Why not? They should have jumped their division rival yeah. with all the money they had to get him and try to give that kind of superstar weapon to Trevor Lawrence immediately. But so for the Jets, I, I think the you know as much as I do like the the building blocks and all those kind of things, I think like you said, the division's really tough this year. But my expectations for Saul is just having a team that each game goes in even if they're losing and you know just not getting blown out consistently and actually having a team that is all engaged there's a, too many times in the Adam Gase era where you just felt like guys were mailing it in and you understood why it didn't feel like there was a culture really there and obviously that's why you get a guy like Sala who's all high octane energy uh, just a total players coach that 
is going to believe in his guys, going to obviously be very, very encouraging. And uh, that helps sometimes, especially with these guys that are, have endured a lot of losing. Some guys are going to be stepping in, though, to this locker room if signed. Uh, that have not uh, endured that yet. So they do have those kind of pieces. I, I really like the Elijah Moore pick. We talked about that during the draft. And just overall, I think the offensive line is starting to have some semblance of some building block pieces. We'll see how good Vera Tucker is off the bat. But I think that the expectation for them is to be respectable. I'd say like for 2021 for the Jets, uh, six and 11 uh, it sounds awful just to most teams that's not what's exciting about a six and 11 season but given where they were last year if they can be competitive maybe get a couple division wins against like you said all three division opponents you could see any of them making the postseason those it's a really tough division in the afc east uh but if they can win a couple games and just prove themselves that they're not just going to be this doormat for long term i think that's the expectation for them for the jaguars I mean, I mean, you mentioned it, I think, on one of our more recent podcasts about how they could be a team that, even though I'm not as completely pumped with what they did in free agency, thought their draft was solid, but maybe not as high on it as the Jets. I still think, like, with the division that they're in and how good Trevor Lawrence could potentially be off the bat, I mean, the, the expectations for them should be fairly tempered down, but being around 500 and possibly having a shot at the division. Yeah, it was when we looked at the division odds, and it was like if one team that's really low down there has a, a shot at winning it, yeah. could the Jags be that team? And I, I don't uh, – That's a, I think the Urban Meyer compared to Robert Sala, like Sala – I mean, I could be wrong in this. I, I feel like it's more of a long-term kind of play with the Jets. Like it is with Urban too, but at the same time, I think they want to kind of just have Urban install his – uh, what he's done in, at the college level, it's really very different, obviously, at the NFL, as we know. And not going to have that talent gap as often Ohio State has over their opponents. But I think there is a, maybe a little more accelerated timeline to be a winner on the rookie deal of, of Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I don't think it's to- totally unreasonable. But that that really that chemistry between the Lawrence and, and Urban is going to be interesting to see early on. And their schedule, you know, looking over it, especially in that division, it's just it is a tough draw, obviously, with the NFC West, as we as you just mentioned, going over the Texans schedule. But I don't think I think 500 ish is where the Jags should. And it's crazy to say that. But I, I mean, they had talented guys. And it's just if you if Trevor Lawrence can really be a number one QB and fulfill the expectations that they have, even as a rookie, I, I think obviously he's as pro ready as you could want out of out of the class uh, coming in here. Uh, there's no reason to think that he can't be possibly quickly the best quarterback if, if Deshaun's not playing the best quarterback in this division. Is that, I don't I mean, it might not be crazy. We'll see, I guess, how early on and with the talent around him. But I think the expectations in 2021 between those two teams, Jags and Jets, I think the Jags probably have a little more of an accelerated timeline. Yeah, that's what I think, uh, just because the division, too, is um, much more. I mean, we think the Titans are probably the favorite now with Julio, but. Mm-hmm. You know, as we said, the Texans are in there. The Colts should be decent, but I think the Colts are still one of those teams that's kind of hard to get a read on heading into next season. So, yeah, I would put the Jags in a better spot and put Urban Meyer in a better spot than Sala right off the bat. But I think the Jets are one of those teams that, you know, maybe they win. I don't even know what the number is without looking at their schedule. But I feel like they they make sort of that, I don't know what the word is, like visible progress this year, maybe not in wins, but mm-hmm. you kind of see them make progress. Then next year, you know, maybe they start to take a little bit of a step forward. But I still feel like the Jets are two or three years away from actually yeah. being a team that 
you know, it's going to be a, a playoff contender type team. Although, as we know, there are more playoff spots now, but uh, I still think that they are they are not uh, anywhere near that. Uh, let's let's talk about the Falcons. We just mentioned Julio, um, Arthur Smith. Uh, we joked about in the last one. The guy, you know, finally gets a head coaching job. He comes from the Titans to the to the Falcons, getting ready to to coach up Julio in that offense. And Julio goes back to the team he used to coach for, um, <laughs> and uh, just yeah, kind of a, a twisted storyline there. Uh, but I mean, we said it before too, like it's very reasonable that the Falcons could be the worst team in that division. Um, you know, I know the Panthers are in there too, but still, mm-hmm. I just don't have a lot of optimism for the Falcons. Even, you know, they do still have a, a quarterback that's proven he can play well in the NFL and Matt Ryan. They just picked up Kyle Pitts, who seemingly, you know, is the next big thing in terms of guys at, at the tight end position. The offense, I really, you know, I'm sure they'll score points, but I still don't know about the defense. I know they've made some some upgrades there, but I'm still looking at it like, you know, I've, I've heard that the last couple of years too, and yeah. it just didn't translate. Uh, but new regime, we'll see. But, um, I, yeah, I just I don't see the Falcons being in a position uh, right now to make any significant step forward because I feel like this is a team that's about to be rebuilding um, for the future and uh, trying to figure out uh, their, you know, cap space and all this other stuff. So. Yeah, they are. I've kind of talked about this on one of our recent episodes. They're in a weird kind of spot because they keep Matt Ryan. They they could have gone for to try to get a quarterback. Do not. They're kind of staying, trying to win now, but not like you're saying, looking at the future. So it puts Arthur Smith in an interesting spot. I think. I mean, the defense. As much as we've heard that it could be better, I mean, it still did finish at 14th in DVOA, a lot higher than I thought. Obviously, Ricky Morris gone to the Rams, so it's a different. Uh, it's tough to to really project that they're going to stay in that in that ballpark. But if they can, I mean, Arthur Smith is the, the kind of guy you want to fix, uh, as we talked about during the Matt Ryan era. He's had some really – his best years have always been when he's been able to marry the, the running game with the, the pass game. And as the, they're running DVOA, slowly each year since they made that Super Bowl has fallen off every single year worse and worse and worse to one of the worst uh, running games in the NFL last year. I, if Arthur Smith can just – that's the expectation, I think, is just fixing the balance on offense and – Giving, putting Matt Ryan in a better place to succeed. Obviously, I, I talked about some teams like the Rams and obviously the Saints, but teams that really did not benefit or were more, most negatively impacted by the cap situation with it going down on about $20 million this year. I think the Falcons, you could argue, <laughs> to see what Arthur Smith could have done with Julio. And, uh, he, man, he fits perfectly in what the Titans were doing last year, and we'll see how – how the Titans continue this season with that offense. I don't think they're going to want to change it too much, even with Arthur Smith gone. But I think, yeah, Julio would have, it would have been a lot of fun to see all of that, all those pieces kind of fitting together. Uh, but that that's the ex- expectation for the Falcons for me, for Arthur Smith is year one. You're, you're a guy that has been on the, on the coaching carousel list, like, you know, a rumored name for years now because of his success with Tannehill and that offense in Tennessee and building him into one of the most balanced offenses in the NFL, one of the best play-action offenses in the NFL, a team that is not afraid to keep a ton of guys in to block and utilize the, the few skilled position players. So that's why even with their not, lack of depth with Julio Garnett, maybe at receivers uh, compared to what we were hoping for, I still feel like with the combination of Pitts and Ridley and just sometimes it's even just two guys running routes, sometimes three like he did in Tennessee, I still think just the offense being <laughs> – uh, bouncing back, that's—I don't know what the win total is. I think their uh, Vegas win total is seven and a half. Is what, what we're looking at here. Uh, you know, whatever the wins are, uh, that might depend more on the defense. I just want this offense. The expectation for me is that they become a, a top half of the NFL offense, borderline top ten 
you still have talent. I, I still think maybe that's asking too much, but they, they were only 21st last year, and it's really only because they were awful at running the ball. I think fixing the running game, fixing that, obviously that personnel plays into that, but also scheme. I think that's the most important part for the, the Arthur Smith Falcons because, again, I don't know if they're in a place to win right now. The future, it's all kind of mixed, but if you take the steps with the program, eventually you can plug in other pieces and you'll be fine. Well, we got a couple others in the NFC here, and you know these are teams that I think for Dan Campbell and the Lions, I mean, the Lions will be picked as the, the worst team in that division behind, um, well, you know, the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings. No matter what happens with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, I mean, I still think the Packers will wind up being better than the Lions probably. Um, but I feel like the Lions situation, I mean, <laughs> is this any <laughs> different than it has been, right? I think that's the question. Like, is this going to uh. be the one that, that kind of puts the Lions in a position to where they – you know, they become this powerhouse in the NFL. I, I don't see it, but, um, you know, I, I try not to judge anyone before the teams <laughs> even play the game, but it's just when you have the sort of background you have with the Lions and the, the franchise, it's it's hard not to be pessimistic, I think, about what they're going to be able to do. We know there have been some changes for them. Um, you know, putting you got Jared Goff now as a quarterback, and this just feels like a team that I'm not really sure what to expect from them. Uh, meanwhile, also in the NF- NFC, we have the Eagles and Nick Sirianni is the coach there. Um, we know kind of all the fallout from, you know, Doug Peterson and all this other stuff. But I think the Eagles, at least, as we've said before, they're in a division where, you know, the Cowboys at full mm-hmm. strength, they're probably the best team in the NFC East. But, you know, you don't really know what you're getting with Washington and the Giants, even with some of the offseason moves they've made. So the Eagles' path to the playoffs and such is still in a pretty good spot. I think the roster is decent. Um, so, I mean, certainly I think between those two, you're looking at Sirianni feeling like he's got the better upside. Um, maybe Dan Campbell is sort of a wild card, but the problem again, you have to base this on, um, you know, the overall team, but you also look within the division and realize that the path for the Eagles, um, to quickly yeah. have success is much better uh, than the path for the Lions to quickly have success uh, in the division. They're going to be playing again, assuming that, uh, the Bears really start to take a step forward now too, with Justin Fields as quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even how disastrous the, the last season was for the Eagles, they still were not that far away from making the postseason. So for Sirianni, uh, and you have an like, even though they really fell off here the last couple of years, and they still won the division two years ago, and you have an owner that and a, and a front office that has proven themselves and is willing to spend like crazy. So like that, you know, it, it's not out of the, uh, the the realm of possibility that the Eagles within I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs, but if they did, I wouldn't like they won the division. I wouldn't be like completely shocked, like you're saying. So it's it's a better spot, I guess, expectation wise for the Eagles. That part is trickier for me to say. Like, yeah, like you want to be able to win in this division, but as we've talked about, teams like Washington, the Giants, like all these teams, kind of you can see literally any of the four, and uh, probably the other three at this point, maybe a little more than where the Eagles are at. Uh, it's a little bit of a re, uh, kind of maybe not a complete rebuild, but a retool and uh, uh you know not tearing it down the same way the lines are so I, but i do think with the people they've had there in place in that uh, organization i'd feel better with that structure i guess uh, the stability of it and ownership and front office that makes a huge is a really important part obviously uh so for i mean for on the to go to the lines though i mean it really depends on what brad holmes can become as a rookie gm obviously had a lot of success with the rams but he also I wouldn't say that all the, the, the Jared Goff trade that he was reportedly one of the big proponents of, not the recent trade, the trade up by the Rams to draft Goff, 
he was on top of that. I mean, you could say that that wasn't exactly <laughs> probably the best move with all the, the capital they gave up. There's other guys that he was high on that have not exactly panned out. Uh, so it really, as much as I, Dan Campbell's, you know, we're talking about the head coaches here. I look at the, the, the those two are really tied together. And if, if the organization is able to build a nice foundation for Dan Campbell to work with, then that makes a huge difference. I, he, he's in a similar spot, maybe probably lower, honestly, than for me, than where Sala is with the the state of the lines roster compared to the jets at this point, obviously the division, if Justin Fields really pans out, becomes a lot tougher with the quarterback situation. You're up in the NFC North, but I still think it's similar in terms of what they're just trying to do is build some sort of culture where even if they are losing a lot of games, they're playing hard in those games. They're not, they're competing from, you know, the first from kickoff to the 60 minute mark. Those are the kinds of things that you want to look at more than, I don't know how you put an expectation on 2021 wins for the Lions. It's not going to be a mini. I think that your, your expectation for Dan Campbell is that he starts to build that kind of culture. And then maybe by next year, they're starting to have a better chance at putting the pieces around him for Sirianni. Again, I think that, that the Eagles might be one of the toughest ones for me. Like some of these teams, I'm like, yeah, you could be this, that things I really want you to do. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess like have, seeing if Jalen Hurts can really step it up. Cause I mean, as much as he had some really exciting performances over the course of last year, ended up being pretty far down in terms of his uh, DYR uh, rankings, which uh, takes into account that the talent you have around you as much as, Again, he looks solid at different times. He ended up not exactly being incredible yeah. last year. He's behind, uh, you know, he was he didn't have enough snaps to be in the top tier of these guys based on their, how much they played. But he's like right between John Wolford of the Rams and Jacoby Brissett in terms of his performance. Not exactly two names that you're looking at uh, with a ton of optimism. So uh, yeah, I guess it's the development of Hurts and seeing what that offense looks like with Sirianni. Another again, all these guys with are you know supposedly able to work well with quarterbacks and are have had success in the past and that's why Sirianni's here but uh that I guess that's more what the focus this season should be on is his relationship with Jalen and what that offense if it just obviously they get the receiver they want Devontae Smith it's hopefully going to be better but uh it's still still an offense that's not exactly flowing with a ton of talent so can what can that what can they get out of the current guys they have and then Maybe within a, when the cap bounces back, another draft worth of guys. Let's see if what Sirianni can really do in 2022. Well, if there's something that uh, the last coach that we haven't talked about has mm-hmm. in common with um, Urban Meyer, and I mean, you know, hopefully if you're Robert Sala, you have the same situation. Um, unfortunately for David Cully, you have no idea if you have your <laughs> franchise quarterback still. But we do know that the uh, the Chargers have their franchise quarterback in place in Justin Herbert. Um, and I think that is something for Brandon Staley that is significant when you take over a job like that. Um, you know what you're chasing in that division with the Chiefs, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the, the Chargers feel like they're much better set up oh, yeah. um, compared to a lot of these other teams to to make, you know, that jump forward, uh, knowing that, again, you know, yes, the Chiefs are in front of you, but you're in a prime spot that even if you can't eclipse the Chiefs, you you are certainly in a position where you feel like you can still eclipse the Raiders and the Broncos. Um, and again, you also have a quarterback that pretty much showed right away that he is going to be someone that can have a lot of success in the NFL. And uh, when you have a guy, you know, an offensive-minded coach come in and now you're put in that position, uh, mm-hmm. it just feels like a no-brainer that, you know, Brandon Staley should be able to have success with the Chargers uh, and it just feels like a roster that is still 
in a situation to where they're going to be able to win games. I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but um, <laughs> if this is a team that gets to the playoffs, I don't think we'll be that surprised. Again, with the added playoff spot too, uh, but I yeah. feel like the the upside is very high uh, for the Chargers here and Brandon Staley. Yeah, no team easily out of these teams has the higher higher expectations than the Chargers. Like they're obviously the one team out of these that. With, with what we saw from Justin Herbert, obviously, like you said, that could change quickly if Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence uh, play at that kind of level off the bat. Um, but at least for the Chargers, yeah, you, Staley, obviously what he did last year with the Rams defense could have been more impressive. And, uh, you know, even while it is a different roster, it still has that kind of superstar talent on defense. Really hope Derwin James can stay healthy to see what he can do. Uh, and that secondary and the ways that Brandon Staley gets creative to kind of, as he, as he uses the term flipping the, changing the math, kind of using the math. So it's literally comes down to matchups and using, as he again calls it, Queens on the chessboard, guys like Joey Bosa, guys like Derwin James that can really just take away certain parts of the field. And uh, couldn't be more excited to see what that defense looks like. And then, like you said, with the, what the offense has done, the offensive line only looks like it's going to be better with the additions they made. Still feel good about obviously their skilled position players. Um, obviously, you know, not a yeah, with Hunter Henry leaving, that does leave a bit of a hole. Jared Cook coming in is going to be interesting. Uh, I wouldn't say I would put him on Henry's level, but overall, yeah, it's, it's also a heck, even though he's a defensive minded head coach, a, a guy that uh, a lot of these teams are hiring offensive coaches, he's a guy that looks at defense from the quarterback's perspective, from the offensive perspective. He sees both sides of the field really well. So, I, yeah, I, obviously this is the, the one job where if they somehow are disastrous, this could be as much as Coley. We don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. But, like, if, if, it, if the Chargers don't at least be solid, you could see Staley, like, n- not, not like within one year, but still we have seen some head coaches if they really struggle badly in one year uh, be canned. And, I, you know, but I don't think that's going to happen. I do believe he – if they stay healthy, and obviously if they don't, then you can look at that as a reason why. But I think they have easily, out of all these rosters, the best chance uh, to succeed quickly. Uh, their record really not indicative of what they are able to put on the field by the end of the season. Obviously, again, the injuries on defense. I feel like with him coming in, a defense that ranked 20th in DVOA last year, I, if they stay healthier, and that's always a question with the Chargers, they always seem to be bit by the injury bug. They definitely could, you know, they have the, the kind of guys where with the right scheme, they could be a top 10-ish, top 12 defense, like in that range. And then with what Herbert's able to do and what you expect a guy like him to, to kind of take a jump in the second year, that only can go off even more. They really did struggle to run the ball. I, I didn't realize they were 31st in DVOA. That is, that's something that obviously they're going to have to figure out. But I think that's with, when you have, you already have the, like you said, the hardest part of it's decided. You already, you already have the quarterback position figured out everything else becomes a lot easier a lot the expectations are higher but there's also a lot more reason to believe you'll be successful so i think i think the expectation for them themselves maybe it's not fair to say it's making the playoffs but i think for them themselves they're going to have that expectation there they have in vegas and over under nine wins i think that's nine and eight that yeah. area is not unreasonable to to pick up an extra one here or there with what herbert can do i mean they they really lost a lot of really crazy close games last year and the Chargers have a history of doing that. <laughs> uh, so I want to say that it's going to flip and they're going to, you know, usually that's the one stat. If you have a lot of one score losses, usually it kind of flips towards the mean, whether you win more, but at least kind of more in that middle ground. The Chargers are the one team year after year after year after year that do not do that. <laughs> I think now with Herbert, hopefully uh, you can see that happening. And 
I think, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, expectations couldn't, out of all these, obviously the highest for Staley and the Chargers, but I think he's going to meet them. And, yeah, I think they're going to be probably, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with Denver and Aaron Rodgers. But if he doesn't get traded there, I think they're easily the second best team in this division for me at this point. And I think that uh, the AFC is a little tougher than the, than the NFC at this point with some of the contenders. So maybe that's something to consider with the playoffs being what you expect. But I think a 10-7 and seven season, maybe we put it whether they get in or not. Getting to like where the Dolphins did last year, I think that's kind of – uh, what you're looking at for the Chargers and what they should pr- try to hit in year one. With, yeah, Chargers. Uh, regime. Well, and they get the NFC East and the AFC North. Obviously, yep. one one better than mm-hmm. the other. But getting the NFC East, you'll probably you'll probably feel okay about that. Um, so, I mean, knowing that you know, we get the Cowboys there, and I mean, you, you get the Cowboys at home. So that's probably the best team in that division. So you get a home game there, and so uh, you do have to go to the Eagles. But you know, some of the other games you get, you get the, you have to go to the Texans late in the season. So like, you'll take that as one of your, you know, your your outside division games. So um, they also get the Patriots, the Vikings. Um, I think those are the others outside of the actual, you know, divisional setups and such. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, the Vikings and Patriots games are both at home. So I think that's, you know, there's the, the path is there, I feel like, for the Chargers to have a lot of success. And, I mean, you know, I think there's probably, compared to the others, I still think I'd put the Eagles in that category, but – I think the Chargers, Eagles, I'm still a little hesitant on the Jags. I feel like they are going to be pretty successful, but I also think that we know what a quarterback can do, but I just I feel like the Jags still have a lot of work to do elsewhere too. So, um, But they don't have a hard division necessarily. So yeah. I, I feel like I would probably say that Staley, Sirianni, I would probably put one, two. I think Urban Meyer is sort of the wild card in terms of where he could rank in that, but – uh, I feel pretty confident, like you said. I think Staley's the surefire number one. You could probably debate uh, Sirianni or Meyer too, and then I feel like there's a bit of a gap when you come to those others. And and unfortunately, I feel like there's a pretty big gap from number six to number seven. Uh, and we know what we're thinking at number seven. So, oh, poor David Cully, man. Uh, yeah, in terms of like ranking them, I, I the Falcons, even though they're not in a good spot, still believe Arthur Blank's a good owner, and those kind of things make that job. Uh, maybe like long term look a little better. They they have had some you know really successful eras over the the last twenty years, uh, whether it be with Mike Vick and then with Matt Ryan. So uh, that that's the only thing with that one. But yeah, in terms of this season, I mean, it, yeah, they're 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 still going to be down in that kind of four or five range with I think the, some some mix of them and the Jets. I, I would put the Lions maybe a little lower this season, but. Uh, long term it, it is a, a whole new kind of front office there so it is a different the lines are it's just yeah like we're just fatigued with all the different times that they've just not been successful it's <laughs> yeah. like they're bound to have eventually one regime get it right right yeah i hope yeah. i don't know i mean <laughs> it hasn't happened but uh maybe long term we'll be looking back and be like wow that really worked out and even if dan campbell's not the guy long long term it could be at least like turn that that organization around from where it's been because it you know we we were not exactly you know you hire a head coach it's supposed to be a defensive guru like Matt Patricia but then you look at you know they're coming off that Super Bowl where they gave up over 40 points to Nick Foles and you're like I don't know about this yeah uh, and, and really not a great defensive season overall and you look how quickly they turned then you know within one year to being one of the best defenses in the NFL completely almost shutting out the Rams in the Super Bowl. It's like you have these similar guys going to do it. 
that's just the lines, man. But Dan Campbell, he's fun to listen to. I, <laughs> at least in that that part, we're we're happy for it. Um, we're gonna yeah, lose, be entertaining. End, so <laughs> at the top end, like you said, though, it's Chargers number one. Some mix between uh, with, with Staley. Some mix between two and three between Jaguars, Eagles. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and I do think, obviously, with, based on the relationship with Khan that, that Urban Meyer has, he's going to be given all sorts of leeway no matter what happens quickly. So that that benefits him. But does that translate to success? Uh, we'll find out. you got Trevor Lawrence. So, yep. I mean, it quickly takes your team from being, uh, you know, it's not, not to be mean to the Jaguars, but <laughs> not exactly like a premier NFL franchise. If Trevor Lawrence becomes a top five, six, seven quarterback, yeah, your, your brand as an organization is uh, couldn't be higher, and with Urban at the front of it, it could be could be a lot of fun. Hopefully, I hope they're they're good. But uh, it's the Jaguars. It's like the Lions too. It's like I learned has uh, with all these teams really. Maybe not the Eagles, but the Chargers too. It's like every year you got to get a little optimistic about the Chargers, and then they don't live up to it. So one of these teams, hopefully, will finally start to break <laughs> through that mold. Should be interesting. Uh, we'll see uh, which team maybe that is. But uh, there are some thoughts on the first year coaches uh in the nfl and uh, which ones maybe could have the most success right away but uh, dylan as we were talking uh it's not that far away from the start of all the action in the nfl yeah. we're getting closer and closer here to july we know what that means with training camps and um then the preseason a shortened preseason and uh then the regular season will be here before you know it so we're not that far away and of course have everything covered over clutch points uh on the nfl off season here and uh, getting ready to uh, you know, head into the season here in a couple months. Uh, but Dylan, I know we also have uh, lots of stuff on the uh, NBA playoffs over there as well. So let everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can find follow the rest of the NBA postseason We're now in the conference finals, finals coming up in the Clutch Points app. Follow all the games in there, all of our coverage, extensive breakdowns after each game, before each game, looking at all the exit kind of not exit interviews necessarily, but exit. Uh, content around the teams getting eliminated looking towards free agency and the draft which aren't that far away so we've got that all covered in the clutch points app and in clutchpoints.com mlb follow all mlb games in the app uh, a lot more mlb coverage a lot more betting content for, on the mlb side available on clutchpoints.com and the mlb section and yeah nfl still a little bit off but it, not that far off really from we'll probably start our fantasy really crank up our fantasy content in a month here or so um and then yeah it'll be by then the training camps will be starting it'll be Still, have con still covering all the news, uh, every Aaron Rodgers little thing that happens, uh, all the back and forth between Le'Veon Bell and Andy Reid, even if that's really one-sided, you can read all that in Clutch Points. That's it's not a ton of news right now. We do have some more breakdowns going deeper dives and some of the hidden gems on each roster that we've been doing a series on that, uh, which you can find in the NFL section in the app and on the website. Yep, check it all out, Clutch Points, uh, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us there, and uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.